Hi, I'm your host, Karina Gantis, and you're listening to a special edition of Behind the Pen for the NAPOD POMO National Podcast Post Month. Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Karina Gantis, for another episode of Behind the Pen. I'm an award-winning author of 14 books, award-winning filmmaker. I'm a booktuber, YouTuber. I run Author Assist, which helps authors with their marketing promotion, everything from brainstorming an idea right through to marketing the final product. I'm also the host of the Author Assist show on the Artist First Radio Network. And, oh, excuse me, <clears throat> I am uh, I am lost. I've got something. Yes, there's something else, but I can't remember what it is. I really do need to make a list. They're getting longer and longer now, which is really cool. Um, today, my very special guest is Jenny Berg. Welcome to the show, Jenny. Ah, thank you so much for having me here. Now, me and Jenny, we have known each other for what we call in, in British yonks, yonks and yonks, which means years and years and years. And we've never spoken because of course everything is done online and you don't need to speak face to face. Um, we've known each other since we both joined a writer's um, group called um, Professional uh, Authors Professional Co-op, which is still going. And um, we met on there and we've known each other and we've done stuff together. And um, I know that she's an author. So I don't need to ask what she does with her pen because I know, and now you know. Um, Jenny, I mean, when did it all start for you? When did you first get that itch of wanting to, to write your first novel? Ah, the first novel. <laughs> well, I had a friend, of a good friend of mine who just lived in the neighborhood, wrote a very long book, which eventually became three, and she asked if I would read it sort of and be a somewhat editor for her. And, um, and I've done some editing and so she's, she was a friend. And so I very happily did that. And it was, it was an awful lot of fun. I hadn't really thought about writing a novel myself. I'd written little short stories for fun. I'd written poems since I was eight years old and I had a lot of them still recorded. And I still like some of them, although I don't know that I would, you know, some of them I maybe someday I'll include one or two, but I just, <laughs> I just did those for fun too. So then one day, you know, I finished up her book and I, I gave it back to her and I gave some good solid feedback. So I, I very carefully said, do you want, you know, what sort of feedback do you want? And she wanted to also know about how characters hit me and stuff. And the oh, main so you're doing a beta read, you know, you're doing a beta read for her. Oh, yeah. And a bit more than that, too. I I would rework sentences for her and stuff because I can't help that. And she didn't mind that part. But then she said, and then she said, well, what about, you know, do you like this particular character? And I said, well, you know, I don't like her particularly. I don't dislike her. She's okay. And she said, but, but you must like her. And I was like, okay, if I must. And her feelings were deeply offended, which wasn't my intent at all because I was being so very careful. But this person was her so anyway she sent me the feedback and she didn't talk to me for a few days and then I called her back and I said you know I can just tell you I like it and she said no 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 I needed that feedback I've redone the character and then she brought this huge bouquet of flowers to me 
and oh, apologised. I should think so. <laughs> I'm sorry, but when someone know. asks your opinion, it, it doesn't matter if it's your next door neighbour or your best friend. When they ask your opinion, they want the honest truth. And whether it's going to hurt them or not, you give it to them. And you did. Yeah. And you I didn't would. do anything wrong. Yeah. So. Oh, no, no, no. But I also thought I would far rather be criticized privately than publicly. So yes, I figure exactly. if I'm giving useful feedback, it's to help someone to have a better response in public. Yes. So anyway, then I'm looking at this bowl. I've helped her and I've enjoyed it a fair bit. And it was just a nice social activity and it was fun. I'm looking at this little ceramic, well, medium-sized ceramic bowl I have. It's got really waves in it. And I put this huge rock in it that was sort of roundish. And I'm looking at that and I thought, that's a dragon's nest and that's an egg in it. <laughs> and, and I kept looking at it and I thought, oh my goodness, that's how they make their nest and that's why they make their nest. And then I started seeing their mating and their courtship rituals. And I started, and I saw them in my head doing all this stuff. And so I started yep. writing it down. And I had no intention. And then I showed that to her just, just a for fun thing. She said, oh, you should, yeah, you should totally make that into a little book. People will enjoy using that to write their novels. And I thought, well, why should someone else enjoy writing my novels? Put so it in a little book I, and let people take your ideas. No, 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 no. No, no, So then I started it and my little character appeared. He's you know, a little Iraq, a little golden dragon. And he's been kind of picked on and mistreated and even blocked in with ice while he's in his trance mind and he's had gone through a lot because he's a bit different of course and then he's he goes out to sea and he's not supposed to go out to sea but he does it anyway because he wants to prove himself and he crashes and he crashes on ice so he doesn't immediately die but he will die if he just stays out there and I say okay now that I've got him crashed on ice he's sympathetic what's going to happen to him and then Scree appeared, my little octopus. And lo and behold, she's a healer and I'm a marine scientist. So I've studied octopuses and they're smart and fascinating. And suddenly I've got this story growing in my head. So I started writing that down. And then I'm like, oh my goodness, have I got an actual story? But I've never written a novel. I've written poetry. I've written letters to change things in the state. Whatever state I've lived in, I've, I've changed things because that's one of my jobs, you know, is just to change things. And so then I start writing the book and I realize, okay, I need to learn how to write the book, a proper novel. And so then I studied all the novels I loved. I learned that I had to set the scene at the beginning. I had to have a hook at the end. I had to have the character growth, the story growth. I had to have everything wrap up tight at the end. You know, I had to make sure I got rid of any he said, she says, and even adding dialogue was a challenge because when you're a scientist, there is no dialogue. You don't so need to get fun. rid. Of, you don't need to get rid of he said, she said. You just need to add something after the he said or she said. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was able to replace a lot of them though with with an action or something else. Yeah. So that they, you know, did something. So he anyway, said, I, as he scratched his chin. See? Yeah, that can work too. So I. Yeah, I learned the craft of writing a novel. And then I, then, you know, the next one started to grow. And then I started what would have been my third one, but it be, it's become my fourth one because my dragon, Dracor, he just, I realized, oh, wow, he's up against a lot. And he just kept talking in my head. It, it's, it's really nice when they talk in your head and tell you yeah. what they're doing. 
As long as you don't talk back to them, then it's okay. Not as long as you don't talk back, especially to a dragon. (laughs) Especially to a dragon. (laughs) All your characters. I mean, every author who goes, who gets in the zone, every author goes through this of hearing the voices and hearing the characters, even the dragons, telling them um, what needs to happen next, where they need to go, uh, what, uh, and, and other creatures or animals or um, characters butting in and saying, hi, I'm so-and-so and and you need to put me in my, in the, your book, you know, and it's just something we go through and something we have to, well, we enjoy because they, they're guiding us and we have to listen to them. Um, If you ignore the voices, you you really will have a crap book. If you listen to the voices, you've got gold. Yeah, it really helps. So it's, it's just fun. And then I, whenever I get far enough along, I paint the covers because I paint the dragon that I see and it's, it's just kind of fun. And then my last, my most recent book was one that started probably when I was a child, um, but I just never wrote it. It's a true children's book. My other ones are science fantasy or coloring books, but um, you know, my science fantasy ones are really, family friendly but yeah, they're no, really science fantasy. yeah but they're really science fantasy but this one is more of a children's book and it it required illustrations which was a bit different because mm. i hadn't done any any really detailed illustrations before but it was fun because it started long ago when i was actually when i was eight years old wow. maybe eight little younger, probably when i was up north in northern North Dakota, and it was a huge snowstorm, and the snow was way above me. And we built a huge igloo and sat in it, and it was a lot of, it was just beautiful, and it made an impact on me, and also being able to tunnel into mountains of snow, and so. Wow. And then, and then moving away from the snow, so Winter's Child was born of that. So that one's out now. Yay! So that's your your fifth book, is it, or your fourth? Well. Actually, that's my fourth book. I have two earlier ones, Crystal Books to Teach Math and Science. My very, very first book was one to help people with math when I was taking calculus, and I realized not everybody saw it as fun. But Nobody it sees fun. it as fun. Who wants to learn the language of math <laughs> when you'll never use it? Well, but I actually used an awful lot of math in my covers and in my illustrations, I use a lot of math, although not exactly calculus math. But it's it's kind of interesting. And I thought, well, maybe if I do it with cartoons, and also when I did the problems, I gave much more detail. So I wrote a little book for calculus help, you know, to help people with calculus when I was 17, I guess, maybe so 16. How did, how did that go? Did it, did it sell well? Did people in, in- Oh, I never tried. I never tried to sell that one. I just shared it with my friends who needed help with calculus. <laughs> Do you know how many people would probably buy that book because they really suck at calculus and they don't understand the book? Well, <laughs> yeah, but yet it's all, it all comes back to fractions. Everything practically comes back to fourth grade. I, I, um, I, so that's I suck why I at maths it. anyway, but over here in Greece, uh, algebra is uh, taught as a separate uh, lesson to maths over in Greece. Um, and they started when they are, how old was she? 11. 
She started learning uh, algebra at 11, calculus mm -hmm. algebra. Yeah, that's good. But when do so, you use it? But when do I use it? When, when, does, when does anybody use? Okay, the, the, okay, this isn't, this is getting a little further afield from the, the writing, but it doesn't hurt to develop different parts of your brain because they connect to other parts of your brain. So I see it as exercise. Now, in my case, I happen to like math. And so for me, it was fun, but because I knew other people didn't necessarily like math, from the time I was a child, I would sit in the back of the room and help them with it because just I wanted them to not feel lost. I didn't That's like cute. it for people to feel lost. And I okay. knew that I could explain it to them. So I just did that, you know, just for fun. And that if, went if all the way got, through college. If you've got a book that, that can be published to help people in that situation, you could have a, a bestseller on your hands, you know. I don't know why you haven't well, uh, played yeah. around with it. Seriously, Jenny. Yeah. yeah, well, maybe someday I'll get motivated on that one. But I have a new one I'm going to do, possibly, because this one, I, and, I, and actually, this is, this is just a for fun one. And I'll probably see if I can make it free, actually, because I don't actually care about the other part. But because I really want people to understand math and science because it's mm -hmm. helpful to the world. But, mm -hmm. but that my books are also helpful to the world because they're just fun. But the, but the um, cat math book will use cats and cat cartoons to explain oh. fractions and My simple algebra. And it'll have a, I think it would be uh, something that people would like. And it was just, it will have little cat cartoons like lying in the center of the room. How do you find out exactly where things are if you don't have a cat to lie in the center of the room? Stuff like that. It'll be just a fun book and all the different things that cats can do to mess things up and then throw the math in with it. Are you um, a pantser or a plotter? Oh, absolutely a pantser. I work a little bit at plotting because I know it's useful, but mm. but my books kind of wander mm -hmm. and then I suck them back in and edit them and rework stuff and sometimes cut out a whole chapter and save it in case I can use it later. Yeah, I was speaking to someone the other day when she said that I wrote something when I was really young. I don't think I'll ever do anything with that. I said, don't chuck it. I said that, you know, there could be a nugget in that short story that you wrote years ago that you can use later on in one of your novels. Yeah. Never, never throw away your yeah. ideas or stories. No, don't throw them away because something went into it. Mm -hmm. And even if it, yeah, you're right, if it's not useful... My first book started out with the Winter Festival, and then that's only that's about a third of the way into the book now because I rebuilt the story around it earlier. My my um, the Dragon Dreamer, the mm. Dragon Dreamer by J.S. The Winter's Festival was what I wrote first in it, and then I went back and did everything about him crashing at sea and meeting Scree and all that stuff. Something, something I've noticed with your books, and, and uh, I'm, I'm assuming now it's because you illustrate them yourself. A lot of people, especially over the time that I've known you, you've had those books, have changed their covers for reasons maybe the book doesn't sell and they need to update the covers. You have never, you've had the same covers with the blue and the yellow. Um, it's like an oriental style uh, cover with your dragon did you design them yourself 
Oh yeah. Um, and that's why I saw my dragon. Yeah, well, it's it's not that I think I'm the very best in the world at it, but I saw my dragon, you know, throwing lightning, you know, and being having lightning all around him and holding onto his trance stone, and I saw him in the clouds, but I needed the clouds, the storm clouds, to become the sea. Mm. So I needed the storm into the sea and then wrap around to the back and be the sea so that I could have my dragon on the front and my octopus on the back. And I I didn't know if anyone else would draw, you know, a, a young, not too scary, but not, not simplified dragon in a blue purple sky that would become the sea with the proper lightning going through it. So I decided, oh, crud, I have to paint it. <laughs> Oh, it's actually painted. And it yeah, it's painted with acrylic and watercolor and a little bit of. Um, oh, how beautiful! See, when you've you know, done all that time. work, when you've done all that work, and you've got the cover that you wanted, and it's your hand, then it would be it would be so upsetting if you changed them, you know, after all that, which you haven't over the years, and that's what I've noticed with your books when I see you promoting that. They're the same covers over all this time. And um, I, I applaud you oh, for yeah, that. Same covers. I applaud you for that. But um, your, yeah, your new book. Say again. Are you there? Winter's Child. All right. I can hear you now. Yeah, I'm oh, here. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, Winter's Child. Okay. Oh yeah, Winter's Child. Yeah, that one has a little girl who's it's been a very long winter for many, many years, and the, all the children have grown older, no babies have been born, and so she's essentially all alone. There's no one else her age, and so she's lonely. And they let her go out and play by herself because she and everyone's off working, but she's so lonely and she builds these little snow children and then she looks at them because she wants some friends. And then yeah. she hugs them and they're so cold that she starts to cry. And then the wind hears her and the wind comes down and become friends. And he can tell stories because it's, he's been around forever. And he can tell stories about dinosaurs, about, about fantasies, about unicorns. And then I pull in my fantasy snowflakes and, <laughs> you know, and, and because of the friendships, they can change the world and, and that's what happens. So it, it's an original fairy tale, essentially. Where do you get your ideas from? I mean, is it like you dream them and the next day, you know, you've got the book in your head and you know where you're going? Or is it something you've read or something you've seen or something you've watched? I mean, where do these beautiful ideas come from? Oh, well, thank you. Um, the one for, for this one, for Winter's Child, Okay, it had a bit of its roots in that huge snow cave that we built, the igloo. Mm -hmm. But I moved from the north to the south to become a marine biologist, to work in the south as a scientist and you know, to go out on the boats and do research and stuff. Cool. And I, I miss the snow. I didn't realize I would miss the snow that much. And so mm -hmm. one day I was just, I was feeling, I don't know, I was, I was missing it. So I, folded paper. And even when I was a small child, I figured out how to fold paper into six so you could do a proper snowflake. 
A lot of people do eights, but I wanted to figure out the six because it had six points, not eight. That drove me nuts. So I, <laughs> I just started cutting on the, to make the snowflake, and I realized I was making a dolphin snowflake. And so I made this fancy dolphin snowflake with the dolphins leaping, take the points of it, and then the rest of it being the waves within. And so I started making snowflakes. I did a unicorn one next where the unicorns are prancing together. I was just cutting with it and drawing a little bit with pencil to make it a little better and playing with it. And then I hung them all up on the ceiling and I had this fantasy snow in the sky with little threads. And I just laid down on the floor and I was thinking, okay, I'm back up north. And I know that's a little odd, but it was just fun because I could pretend I was there in a room filled with fantasy snow. Mm-hmm. And it was a very cheap vacation. <laughs> and so you know, that was how that came about. So then in, in my book, I, I was able, since then I've drawn many, you know, drawn a lot of the snowflakes and done a couple coloring books with them. They're completely made out of animals and plants. You know, sharks, unicorns, seals. One of my favorites is my seal of approval, which is completely made out of seals. And so I put a seal of approval on every one of my books. And then I always say, everyone needs a seal of approval because everyone <laughs> needs to be accepted. Everybody needs that. No matter whether you agree with them or not, everyone needs acceptance. And that's in each of my books because I was gonna say, so have you got some that. some kind of lessons you're teaching the children in your books, the morals and stuff? Oh, well, I don't think of my dragon books as really children books per se. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the yeah. but there's just yeah. yeah, but but there's an underlying there's underlying themes of acceptance of others and acceptance of differences because also um, anyone who does anything artsy or, or writing or anything like that, they're usually a little bit odd, not in a bad way, but they just are. They're a little bit different. Yeah, but that's where our creativity comes from. The mental problems that we have. (laughs) Could be. It's just everybody, and every everybody's different whether they do this or not. But sometimes when you do things that are a bit different, they aren't always understood. Mm-hmm. And so there's this acceptance in there, and also across cultures. In Dragon Thunder, I've got, you know, two dragon cultures. They're getting ready to meet a third. And each culture is very different. They're loosely based on things like Nordic people or people you know, in the Southeast or people where there's sort of, or Vikings or different areas where they have the weather and other things have modified traits a little bit to become a bit more warlike or a bit more accepting or different things. Those are sort of worked into my, my groups of dragons, Mm -hmm. which are, I don't have any humans in my books, except for in Winter's Child. In Winter's Child, I've definitely got a human, of course, and I've also got the wind and other characters. And I never imagined I would be trying to draw the wind. <laughs> so so the all of the dragons, I mean, the whole story is about dragons, is that their world and what, um, how their culture is and how they live and whatever story, love story yeah. or acceptance story, right. like a snow, uh, right. snow white, like a um, ugly duckling, ugly duckling story, you know, where he's not accepted because he's different. Yeah, it's a little beyond that because he's different because he can do certain things that allow him to make a change in what happens. Um, 
so he can see kind of beyond. But it's 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 ultimately though the dragon books are ultimately a, just a good story, a good solid story, and there is. And also the octopuses, because the octopuses and the dragons are friends. And that's an unusual friendship, perhaps. <laughs> and it's, it's showing what different cultures bring to each other, no matter how different they are. Plus, it is perfect for me, because with the dragons, I've got the land and the air, so I can intersperse little bits from my research on wherever I have them. I have to learn everything about where they are, because in my mind, it's in a real place like Maine, and I learn whatever trees will grow there and whatever this, that, and the other thing will grow there, you know, and, and also about what rocks are found there and what weather is like there. So I do great research, and then I insert little bits because I'm trying to make everything that's science incredibly real. For the third book, I have essentially a Krakatau explosion and which changed our weather. And it even allowed people to see the sun as green and the stars as green and the moon as wow. green because of the of all the stuff that was in the air. And I learned how long it took for the sound to move across the ocean, and how long it would have taken the waves to go across the ocean from it. I learned all of that so that I could form my story around it properly. And then of course there was a long winter after that because there was it was sort of like a nuclear winter. And it changed things, and the sunsets were so vivid. But that was fun because you could put that into the story. And how would, how would a somewhat simpler culture respond to that when suddenly the sun is green? How would you respond to sunsets that are so bright that they look like the world is on fire? And how do you respond to famine? That's a pretty normal one. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, people have gone through that. Um, so. How old were you when you had your first published book, which would have been um, The Dragon Dreamer? The Dragon Dreamer, I was 27 in dragon years, and I was um, 200 in octopus years. <laughs> A late starter then. <laughs> oh, very late. And... You're still writing now, and you've, you, I mean, how far are you into your next book now? Oh, in my dragon book? My, um, that yeah. one, I'm about a third of the way done. My third next of the book way will be done. A dragon book. Of the first draft? A third of the way Finish. Well, as I write, I kind of polish. I don't go through um. and then repolish. Like, I'll get a sentence, and I might spend a day on it making it perfectly polished. And then I'll move, then I might write a couple of pages one day. And then I'll get stuck in another sentence and it's just not right. And it, I, I can't move on mm. until I polish it. So that's how I write. So I don't, I'm not as prolific as some of the other authors. And I do admire their ability to be prolific. I admire it so much. And I wish I could do it. <laughs> um, I, my brain doesn't work that way. But in the end, I'm happy with what I do. And that is probably ultimately what matters because of course. I want, your books you know. have been read so many times and I know you've got beautiful little awards for them as well so congratulations on that thank you that was that was kind of fun I was I was really pleasantly surprised when the dragon dreamer won best first novel yay I thought, oh, wow, because I thought people would literally laugh at me, a dragon and an octopus, how could that possibly work? But then it won Best First Novel. 
Yeah. So, there and it was go. a finalist in the other ones. Yeah, it was there finalist for fantasy. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So cool. that was fun. It's cool. It's cool. It's it's um, how can you make it makes it authentic when you have one of those beautiful shiny medals on your cover. It makes a book more authentic, I think. Uh, yeah, that's probably a good idea. The medals yeah. look pretty, don't they? Shiny, they do. look kind of golden. Yeah, and you feel yeah, proud, actually, you know. Yeah, you should. You've got does the it really help to. you? I, I think it does. I think I've had sales from from my awards on my books. Yeah. Well, yeah, and congratulations on your awards. Thank you. You've got quite a few. Yeah, well, I've got quite a few books. I'm a bit ahead of you. <laughs> oh, you're way ahead of me. I um, <laughs> I, I, I never really imagined that I would actually be writing novels. You know, I was, oh. I was kind of focused more on. I'm very much an environmentalist. When I was 17, I started an environmental club, and I, you know, I was in college, and I was, I started a recycling center there, and I was recycling wow. paper and gold and metal and metal and I was doing a newsletter then too and I was drawing cartoons for it of course and pictures and things and I was having kind of fun doing that and that, that's also that kind of background uh, that kind of background could go in a book they always say especially with your first book write about what you know and you did okay you didn't know you've never met a dragon but with your experience and what you've done with the environment and, and learning and studying that came out in your book and you sounded like Definitely. you knew what you were talking about, which you should oh, when it comes you. to. Yeah, exactly. Where can, um, oh, yeah. Jenny, where can people find your, your books now? Oh, okay. Well, they're all on Amazon except for the crystal books, which hopefully will be there someday. I have to rework them a bit mm -hmm. for that. And the, um, they're also on Kobo and... Oh, you went wide. Um, well done. Yeah, I went wide. Clap. You get clapped <laughs> for that. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> and it's also on iBook and on Nook. Perfect. And and then um, on Kindle, of course, I've got it. They're on regular paperbacks and I'm ready. I'm working on large print versions. Oh, wonderful. People... Yeah, people show interest in that. I'm like, okay. That's really so good. So I've got some. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, I was really happy the um, the formatting held for switching it over to 16 point. But now I've got a new size and I've got to do the new cover. So I'm trying to figure out how to work that out to extend the edges of the painting. <laughs> it's, it's all experience. It's all knowledge for when you yeah. do it again later. You learn it and you... And then you know how to do it for the next time. So are you on social media? Where can people find you? Oh, okay. Well, I'm on I'm on Facebook. Um, I'm on Twitter. And I'm on Goodreads. And I should be on other things, but I get I feel like that's enough for me for right now. A lot of people are on Instagram. <laughs> and I know that I should go there too. So um, you're not a TikTok either. Not on TikTok yet. It's just I, there are other things I like to do too. Like I enjoy doing sort of stylized drawings with that I make into cards that I just mm. do mostly for fun. Although I also have stuff. There's I do artwork that does pretty well. That's and, really good. Uh, trust me, it's easier. To find. Oh well, thanks. But it's easier to find homes for your jewelry than for books, honestly, because people you love know, just when, tossing a pair of. Hands. 
when you're creative, it's never just one thing. You know, you're a writer, you're a singer, you're an artist, you're a jewelry maker. When you've got that creativity, it comes out in, in different uh, forms of art. So, um, yeah, I mean, you being a writer and illustrator and making your jewelry, I think that's absolutely fabulous. Yeah, it, it's happy. It's happy times to do those. And it's, it, it, it suits me. And at the same time, I am sometimes a little bit jealous of people who can focus just on them. Wow, they're so productive. Yeah, so yeah, I, think but that's I bet too. you make more money selling your jewelry than any of us do on our books. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's possible. <laughs> Jenny, Although it's been... Such a pleasure chatting with you um, now. And uh, we finally got together after all these years. And um, thank you so much for being a guest on Behind the Pen. Uh, well, thank you. And if everybody else, if anybody wants to look at it too, I have a website, jennysburke.com. It's just I will have that. Yep. I will put all your links on the okay. episode details so everyone can find you and your books. Thank you so very much. I've enjoyed this quite a bit. Um, and all the best with uh, the rest of your activities. I won't say just books because you are not just a author. So all the best with everything you do, my darling. And uh, have a wonderful Christmas. Okay. And you as well. You have a fantastic Christmas and New Year. Bye. Bye.